0: Hey, just wanted to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel, so any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to Patreon.com slash HoopTheory. That's Patreon, patreo dot com slash HoopTheory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to the Bill Walton episode of the Hoop Theory podcast, a.k.a. episode 74, which is in honor of him being the first overall pick in the 1974 NBA draft. My name is Logan Wertman, recording this one on the afternoon of Thursday, February 8th, a.k.a. the trade deadline, and as usual, I'm joined by my agreeable co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Bill Walton episode?
1: Have we had agreeable as a word before?
0: I don't think so, at least according to my notes we haven't, but do you feel like we have?
1: Yeah. Because I thought it was maybe. ironic have and kind to go... of funny. It's what? I thought it was kind of funny. Oh. <laughs> like last time. I think that it is the second. Well, this is our second time
0: week's... reading this intro, so maybe. <laughs>
1: we'll have to look. I'll yeah. have to go through and listen to the first 10 seconds. Of, of each of one. a bunch of them.
0: Yeah. I hear the Patreon ad a bunch of times in a row. we
1: get getting really good at skipping it. Like knowing yeah. exactly it's, where it is. It's the... 45
0: seconds exactly. I can tell you that. That's how long the ad is.
1: There we go. But, yeah, yeah anyway, uh, <laughs> agreeable or not, excited to be here. Former Celtic. Walton, yeah, Bill Walton. For those who mm-hmm.
0: not know. Yeah, former MVP as well.
1: The best blazer of all time, probably.
0: I mean, either him or Dame, I guess, Clyde, Clyde.
1: Clyde's up there. Dame is third. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I think, like, I'm confident to say, okay, I, I'd entertain the Dame second. Over Clyde? Over, or, yeah, over Clyde. Okay. But not over Walton. Walton's won a hard one, Cause he, I Because he won a believe.
0: championship, is that why?
1: Like, he won a championship, and he was an MVP, and he was like that guy, and if he didn't break his foot, yeah. who knows how long the reign of terror goes.
0: His peak was definitely Britain, number one, for sure. But it's just the longevity, obviously, was the factor for the other Dame guys.
1: being, like, a really solid piece for a long time, that is has, a big part He has, like, those, all the
0: scoring records with them now, and everything, but...
1: Yeah. I still I still well Walton is still my one, not really a debate in terms of best blazer of all time. Mm. But maybe I need to put more respect on Dame's name and put him second than Drexler third. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting every team's goat. It could be like a whole episode. Honestly. We could
0: do that sometime. In the off season. Speaking
1: thing? speaking of every team's goat, before we get to the business, <laughs> this is the trade deadline yeah. day for everyone that's wondering when recording this. I wore my safest Celtics jersey that I have. Uh, That's Larry Bird.
0: (laughs) Can't trade him Uh, now.
1: It's physically impossible. (laughs) Uh, But the... I saw this video. And for all of you that think I'm stupid about basketball, do I got some news for you. Somebody looked into a camera and with their chest said that Damian Lillard is the MVP for the Bucks.
0: Yeah. And Tyrese Maxi is the season. MVP of the Sixers. And Tyrese
1: Maxi is the Sixers MVP. And there wasn't, and maybe it's how it was edited to make this guy, do this guy dirty. But no, edit. it just looked like he, like, heard Sixers and then went, Maxie, Yeah, he's been a dog for him. And I'm like, you know who else has been a dog for him? The league's MVP I, up until this point.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like they must have just not understood the meaning of MVP or, like, weren't. They, that's like, I feel like that wasn't the question they had to have been answering. I think it was probably something along the lines of, in their heads at least, they were thinking of like, who's been the X Factor, you know, or like something like Maybe, that.
1: Maybe, because they said Celtics, and then one guy was like, Jason Tatum. And the next one was like, sorry, it's Derek White. And yeah. I was going to answer with, double sorry, it's Christoph <laughs> Porzingis. <person."> <laughs> if you're going off the X Factor, like, the Celtics have a bunch of them, which is like not fair. It depends on what night it is, is like, when things go, because for the first like 16 games of the season, the Celtics didn't lose. The only time they lost was when Derek White wasn't playing. Like, Derek White was undefeated until like 24 games into the season for him. Because mm-hmm. he missed a couple for, I, I think we've been over, I'm pretty sure it's his kid. He had yeah, a kid. I think so. And, and so he's like, he missed a couple games for that, but those were the only games we lost early. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, just for everybody that thinks I'm dumb, there's some people that are way wackier out there than me and I'm sure that we'll get this is where you really trade deadline is a great barometer of a guy's ball knowledge because like sometimes the trade deadline you see people that you don't really think about all that often getting moved and then like for example Celtics guy Xavier Tillman I was like this is nice but I wasn't like super super pumped and then talking with Logan I already feel like I'm not as pumped as I should have been based on like the two seconds of conversation we had. Because I was very, like, meh. I'm glad that we have some more size that can rotate in instead of relying on, like, Fountain of Youth Al Horford and, like, an injury-prone Chris Stapps. Mm. And then, honestly, shout-out, Luke Cornett has been absolutely saucing. Yeah. He's been playing super well in the minutes he gets. Uh, but, anyway, we'll, we'll dive into a bunch of the trade deadline things. But excited to be on the Bill Walton episode. Got my little rant out of the way. It's a beautiful Thursday, honestly. Yeah,
0: it is. Um, since we, I've already started talking about Celtics. We can just start with them with uh, the okay. deadline. They didn't have like anything major happen really, but I'd say an okay or slightly significant deal that they made was the Xavier Tillman one. Uh, they gave up Lamar Stevens and a second, and you know, and just some junk like considerations that.
1: Considerations, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It, it, essentially, it was Lamar Stevens and a little bit of just fluff. Yeah. For Tillman, uh, yeah. and I was bummed because. Stevens was a guy that, like, I think was it, was, it I can't say underused because that insinuates that he should have been being used more. Mm. With how good he is, he was not being used enough as him as an NBA player in a vacuum. Yeah. Like, in a perfect world, you're like, that's our, like, 10th guy or, like, guy that maybe isn't in your playoff rotation, yeah. but he's, like, for sure in your regular season rotation. Mm-hmm. And for the Celtics, he was essentially just a main red claw. <laughs> he wasn't ever, but he wasn't ever, like, able to get up into the like the real minutes rotation like he does I'll say deserves cuz he's that he's good enough too and so maybe in Memphis he will be able to actually like play for minutes and not be honestly wasting some pretty valuable years of your career.
0: Yeah, honestly. It's kind of weird to me though that they would trade Tillman like that for Lamar Stevens when I think must be just for like some of the picks or something because they already have so many wings in Memphis and also Xavier Tillman and jaren jackson jr are like best friends like not even just like best friends on the team but like real life just best friends they were in each other's weddings i think they're like each other's oh, best wow. friends or, or something like that but and they were teammates at michigan state
1: the thing that i don't love is literally everybody on the celtics loved lamar stevens
0: oh really like you, see you do,
1: very rarely do you see an outpouring of like we're kind of bummed from everyone yeah. After the trade was announced.
0: Especially when it's like, like a, every like a kind that of that level no of guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like people know who he is, but it's not like but like Joe was like everybody loved Lamar. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tatum was like, dang. Like everybody was bumped. Like legitimately, I was like, ah. Yeah. I don't know what Brad's cooking, but hopefully it's just viscous good sauce. Mm-hmm. Positionally it does. Make I can't more complain sense, with Brad sure. Stevens uh team building thus far. I feel like nobody really can throw any stones at what he's done. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been a pretty good GM in his first three years on the job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, man, I just feel like the Jordan Walsh is the only, like, lovable guy that's left.
0: <laughs> well, I if thought, we lose Jordan Walsh... I feel oh, like Derek White is lovable.
1: That's true. That's But that's, yeah... But, but he's, he's not like a like the,
0: role, like a. I mean, he is a role player, but not like a. Bench he's not. Guy. He's
1: more than just a vibes guy. He is yeah. actually like a vital part of a lot of things. Yeah, uh, impact player. More than yeah, more than just vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtics did get a replacement though, and they got Jaden Springer from for, the Sixers.
0: Yeah, for uh, Delano Banton. Right? Delano
1: Banton is who they ended up cutting. It wasn't a direct trade. Banton oh. got.
0: I thought he got was like sent to the Blazers, right?
1: The Blazers, but Springer was at the Sixers. Did I say yeah. Blazers? No. Yeah, no, no, So, no.
0: Springer came from the Sixers, but they they sent Banton to the Blazers, right? Or were did you they just sent, say the Blazers? These are two
1: separate interactions. Yeah, yeah, but one had to lead to the other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah. So they lost Banton, former Nebraska ball legend. That one kind of bummed me out a little bit. Uh. Also, has played great defense in the minutes he's had. When those few games that Derek White has missed, we saw a lot more Delano Banton and he played very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's now a Blazer. And um, yeah, now the Celtics are just trading with their offseason trading partners just again. Just yeah. over and over again. Constant <laughs> cycle. I
0: thought that earlier uh, too, yeah. But but, yeah so you got be... Jaden Springer, though, for what you got from the Banton deal, right? Yes. That second round. Essentially. And Springer's he's more of a, a guard guard. You know, Banton's like a wing that has guard skills. And Springer's also, a
1: guard guard.
0: Yeah. Also Banton can't really shoot. I don't know if Springer shoots that well. I I honestly don't know that much about his game. He's shot twenty four percent so far in his career, but on very, very small sample. Uh so yeah. we'll have to and see honestly
1: on that one. obviously like if being a bad shooter is never like a good thing. But someone at the point guard spot that isn't like I'm gonna get my shot up, doesn't mm. bug me.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm we have enough people that I am comp- confident in. Like, yeah, you get your shot up, guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Banton was great defensively, but um, Springer's also supposed to be like a really good, more of a he point a guard backcourt defender. So,
1: yeah, no, the mixtapes of his defense have already been flooded onto my Twitter feed.
0: Yeah. So. makes sense so that'll be good uh, maybe a, a Marcus Smart just kidding I'm, <laughs> I was gonna say Marcus Smart replacement but
1: apparently he walked into the locker room of the Celtics after they played in uh because he came back to Boston for the first time and they did the whole tribute video oh smart uh, did. yeah mm-hmm. also did we touch on KD
0: the goat thing no last Wait, episode
1: yeah okay well adding to KD is one of my favorite like just people to watch from afar, not as a basketball player, but as a human that interacts with the media, yeah. pretty much outright told Brooklyn that if you give me a tribute video, you're stupid and this is dumb. <laughs> and then they did it anyway. Oh, and they did. I so, didn't even see that. Yeah, they did it anyway. And he looked so just, I don't care.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, he's he said very clearly online, not through a burner account, through his own account, you know, yeah. said, I hope they don't do a tribute video. The night would be much better without it or, you know, something like that. And then the guy, a Nets fan was like, yeah, why would we give him a, a video when they never won a single play? You know, they won like one playoff series and that was it or something. And he was like, yeah, I agree with this guy. And like he said, his username.
1: Feels <laughs> was bad. It was us, actually. It was the Celtics. They bullied the crap out of the Celtics when like James Harden and Kevin Durant looked unstoppable before everybody started getting hurt.
0: Yeah. And that then was they playoff lost. Series, yeah, right? that was the playoff series they won. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. I was like, yeah, if we lose to this, I'm fine. Because in like game one, Katie and Kyrie combined for like 68. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys swept them the next two,
0: season, right? You yes. got swept that year, and then the very next season, you swept them in the first round.
1: Yes, I think I think we got swept. I don't remember. Yeah, you guys. I do know swept, we swept for sure. them.
0: Yeah, it was a sweep both ways. I'm pretty sure it was the two seven matchup both times, also, but flipped around, just inverted. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it is a great day to be alive today. And There's so, I guess the
0: are, are you wanting to talk about the KD uh uh MVP thing? Like or not MVP, KD goat thing. We I'm could saying, do.
1: Well, I guess we yeah, I think it was probably
0: spawned that. because of the uh Shaq or somebody saying that we need to start mentioning Steph's name in the goat conversation. Um, and then I think after that, Katie said something like, why, why am I not in the GOAT conversation?
1: <laughs> it is weird because like Kevin Durant has this weird, like he's always second, like always. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. always like go through the everything history. He's, he's been like the number one guy, but he always like gets second or is viewed at as a second class, a second level superstar. Of whatever
0: he is. Yeah. The, the very it's top of the top second but, but not the best one down. of it. Yeah.
1: Never never more than one down, just one step down.
0: He was the second pick in the draft. He should have been number one, but well, I, I shouldn't say should have, because Gray Godin was you
1: know in college, like going out of the draft it didn't look like they made like the wrong decision necessarily. Yeah. It just, just turned injuries. out to be the very wrong decision. Yeah. Uh, in the long run, like Kevin Durant is the best, like don't do anything except for just get a bucket. Yeah. Life's on the line. I think Kevin Durant's the guy that I like want
0: mm-hmm. to
1: just take any, like don't I don't know what the shot is yet. Someone has to take it, pick a human being. Yeah, I and think then, it's Kevin Durant.
0: And then off the ball, he just, he plugs in as like a perfect, just like role player. Like he does all the, all the things that you need for like, which he does not get enough credit for that. I'm just going to lay that Steph out there. Steph gets
1: showered with all the love, and then KD was like this nuisance that was hard to play around. Yeah. When, in reality, both of those guys are some of the best at doing that.
0: Yeah, and I would say what's, I think the even better comparison here is KD to Giannis. Because the perception of Giannis versus KD, I feel like, in the media or in the is public flint. eye. Yeah, like Giannis is viewed as like this super unselfish, like, do anything you need him to do. But he really that's honestly one of his biggest flaws, I feel like that's that's why him and Dame hasn't worked out perfectly so far. And and like the Bucks are at their best when Giannis is playing the roller role, he's screening and rolling hard to the rim and playing off ball behind the defense in the dunker spot, you know, things like that. Like, but that's like a role player esque sort of job. In his mind. And so he's like, I don't, I'll be the highest paid roller. You know, he said something like that in an interview once to be sarcastic of how he didn't like that play style, basically. But if you would just accept that as a role, at least at times, like that would help them out so much. But like, so Giannis is viewed as like this, you know, selfless dude in a lot of ways, which I'm not saying he's not. But in terms of his play, there's definitely some improvement he could have in that department. And KD is just like, he does not need the ball. KD, like, that is a thing that people, I feel like it's just a bad misconception of people because, like, he, cause he can score as good as literally anyone ever in the mid-range, like, in ISO sets. But he's, like, if he's off the ball, he's completely content. You know? Which yeah. is just I, very I, rare. Like,
1: you've broken my brain with this, like, Giannis gets the reputation that KD should have. Mm-hmm. With everything. Because KD's defense also gets, like, aggressively disrespected. Yeah. I mean, mean, Giannis Giannis is great. Yeah, Giannis is great defensively too.
0: But and he's better. I would say Giannis definitely better defensively than KD. But KD is like, I mean, at his peak, KD was literally like an all defensive level wing. Yeah. He provides a lot of rim protection at the wing spot. You know. Yeah. He's able to play. He's played five a lot for the Suns. He's played five a lot for the Nets. In the war i mean in the warriors system you could call draymond the five in the death lineup but it was really him or kd were like the big yeah.
1: man um, my brain is broken you've shattered my reality because <laughs> it's so true yeah it's so good
0: i um, was thinking recently about bringing up this thing with Giannis about how he i feel like the narrative of, of him being viewed as this selfless guy is a little bit off in comparison to these other guys, because I feel like we put him in the same class as, like, Stefan Jokic in that department. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. And I feel like he shouldn't be. But I just made that connection now of, like, that KD's, like, he's the opposite direction, where he's not viewed that way, but he should be. Off the court, he's, like, a he can be a diva and stuff. like. That. I feel like that's kind of what fuels people's perception of him to be, like, an on-the-court diva as well. But on the court, he's never been a diva, to be honest. Like he, yeah. he let Russell Westbrook completely dominate the ball in OKC. Like he, he's just, he was fine plugging into the, like the warrior system, which was like, nobody gets high usage. It's like, everybody has equal usage, you know? So yeah, man. but anyways, that, so that was so
1: many things that were
0: an impromptu little segment, I guess getting into the trade deadline news outside of the Celtics, because we already touched on the Celtics, but I'd say the biggest move that I've seen so far, which I don't, I feel like I'm not. I haven't seen all of them yet because I've just kind of been scrolling through Woj's. I haven't even looked at Shams's yet. But I'd say one of the bigger ones is definitely Gordon Hayward to OKC, which is just really interesting. And they didn't... Like, you would think if they were to get Hayward, they would give up, like, something. But they really didn't. They gave up Trey... I mean, Trey Mann might be something eventually, but he wasn't really in the rotation consistently in OKC.
1: Another guy that's, like, way better than what he played, just because... like
0: so many young guys in OKC yeah. yeah yeah uh Bertans was there as just kind of like a a sal- like this was his de- ultimate destiny for you know big on the thunder roster was eventually being moved for an upgrade somewhere because of the money he makes and it happened but you know he came in and and shot some threes every once in a while against the nuggets i feel like in one of those games he had like six threes but yeah and now he got moved for Gordon Hayward which i feel like it will just be more of a like a better fit you know, a, a piece that will definitely fill out the rotation. Somebody who's just a smart basketball player can plug and play into a role and really just, I guess, bring this veteran presence to this very young Thunder squad. He's not a big by any means. I feel like that's kind of the thing that the Thunder were expected to try to go get, um, which I don't know if they've made any other deals. But Hayward can probably plug in at the four for sure for you and then chat at the five. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe they bring Hayward in off the bench or Josh Giddey. One of those two. Um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see.
1: No, That'll be a piece that gives them just another, like, that's a, that's a good fit. I think that'll work really, really well. Um, and I think they didn't lose an insane amount for it. Like, mm-hmm. the only thing I don't love is, like, Bertanz isn't, like, known for as always a big that plays defense. But, like, oh, no. they are small. Their whole team is, all of them are, like, 6'5", everyone <laughs> on the team. <laughs> and then you have seven foot one Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Chet down in the paint, yeah. and it just is like it's a confusing. I don't know. They'll be fine. I'm sure they will be, but I just feel like having a little bit more, even if it's just tall, would be nice. Even if they were bad at defense, yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, Josh Giddey is six eight, but he, you know, he's more of a guard. He's really thin. And then Jalen Williams, Arkansas Jalen Williams. I think he's probably listed at like six nine to be honest, but I think he's more like six seven in reality. But he's just but he's, a, bi- he's big. a bigger body. Yeah. And then the Santa Clara Jalen Williams is listed at probably like six five six six, but he has like I think he might have the most extreme like his M- Macal Bridges level extreme oh, wingspan long. to height ratio. Like he has like a seven three wingspan. I'm not exaggerating. I'm pretty sure that's like exactly what it is seven three or seven two something like that. And so he plays four a lot for them, Jalen Williams does. And then Dort is there, I guess. But yeah, getting another guy that can play five would have been very, very nice. Which, again, I'm, I might be completely missing a move of them actually grabbing somebody who's a five, but...
1: I've not seen anything Yeah. I the either. Thunder. And I don't think it'll matter for th- that move. We'll just get to it. I got I've got the list of teams that won't be able to sign... A lot of guys that are looking like they're going to end up being buyouts. Okay, because that that will be that will matter as we kind of move our way through. Yeah, the buyout market. The other the will buyout be the market, which
0: next few weeks. It looks
1: like the Nuggets actually might be able to.
0: Um, meaning we're not in the second apron.
1: Yeah, it's Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Celtics.
0: Uh, I thought we were for some reason.
1: I also did, but I, the list I'm looking at. And I don't want to go find the numbers and do that whole thing. Yeah. Um, And even though I, I mean, to do my due diligence, I probably should, but (laughs) no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe if we were to add another deal, though, like uh, sign a buyout guy that would put us in the second apron.
1: In the second apron.
0: Yeah. Could be something like that. And I
1: don't know. I don't know how the timeline works. I feel like you can sign out buyout guys until you're, until you are in it, like officially like them signing the contract. Would put you into the second apron so you still could sign them. Oh, yeah. I do think. I, I you don't know, know, honestly.
0: Could go. Could because it be essentially.
1: Yeah. But it's, sure. that will be a, a healthy market as there seems to be a lot of people uh, that are potentially under that kind of bubble. Uh, but OKC, okay, that is an exciting one. I think yeah. that that'll be good for both parties. And the Hornets have finally committed to tanking, I think, <laughs> officially. Yeah, get another young guy in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely could be doing that. And also, I I just saw this one. I don't really see the purpose of it, though. Apparently, the Raptors trade Dennis Schroeder to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie.
1: Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be getting waived. That is the tweet that I saw that made me like, oh, let's go find the luxury tax teams. Because a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie could be very helpful for someone
0: yeah so are the raptors tanking too i think and then thad young is also moving to the nets probably for some salary reasons but yeah that's interesting and then one that i saw has been the knicks they've been adding a lot
1: do we want to i guess so for the lack of not bouncing around we want to talk about the hornets because then it can be done with the hornets entirely if we talk on pj oh, washington yeah
0: sure like... pj washington um I just
1: i thought that we like there is no real good way to group it, but oh, getting yeah. like a team completely done would be. For
0: sure. Good. Makes sense. I'd say, yeah, so, so. I have to trade up. Dallas is where he's going, yep. right? Yep. P. J. So, PJ
1: Washington is headed to Dallas. Going to Charlotte is Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first round pick, mm. which is top two protected. And then Mavericks are getting two more top two protected.
0: Jeez. It's like nothing.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much just a first round pick. From yeah charlotte because dallas won't be that bad no like is it this year uh
0: 2027 oh okay but Even still then, prob- if probably they have luca
1: they won't be that yeah.
0: bad but that's uh, could i don't know they could not have luca who knows but we'll that,
1: see with mark cuban gone this is a thing that i forgot to talk about when it was first kind of announced that he was selling the team yeah does that like i feel like he probably is a like a most players probably look at having mark cuban as the owner as like a positive yeah as opposed to, obviously, the opposite. Because he'll go on, like, podcasts and be like...
0: Back you up. Everybody
1: smokes weed. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Just don't let it, like, be a detriment to the team. Yeah. And I feel like most owners won't be like, go for it.
0: Yeah. That's true. And I don't
1: know. I don't know there, that's just one... Th- I saw that clip today. That's the only reason I thought of that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: that's interesting, though, that he... It's kind of like the end of an era, really. It's, it's one of the few owners that's, like, really been the face of his team you know all these years but yeah that's 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 weird to be honest i don't know if is he staying on in a minor minority ownership role at all
1: this is what i'm not sure because i know that he's just he is no longer the majority stake owner of the mavericks and i think it's because he wants to be do something in vegas and he just didn't want there to be any like gambling part of vegas like a casino style something oh that's why and i don't think he wants there to be any like conflict of interest anything yeah let me i'll read through this forbes article it's not really it's not important but that's (laughs) what i got from the quick glancing that i did going through the article
0: yeah interesting but i guess seth curry and grant williams going to the hornets that's they're definitely not like tanking pieces so I don't know if they'll be part of the buyout market as well.
1: I th- I did think that that the Seth Curry one especially, like because like usually when you're a bad team, you get players that are overpaid, and you just eat that salary as like your L. Yeah. But you get stuff for it. Mm-hmm. So like Grant Williams, I like, get a little bit more because of how he ha- did play in Dallas was not worth the money he got. Yeah. Not Seth really. Curry was like on a good contract.
0: Yeah. But she's like, not played like a ton. Like he, he was only getting 13 minutes a game for some reason. I don't know. Like, I, but they again, they, Dallas has like a good guard rotation for the most part. They didn't really need him that much, which the Hornets also have a lot of guards, uh, so there's not really there's a good spot from there too.
1: This is the other problem. As we are primed for expansion, Adam, everyone has a good everything. The yeah. only thing that's kind of lacking is like centers to go around. Honestly, like, true big centers. Mm-hmm. There is an abundance of guards that are good enough. Like, how many, if you were to take the, like, build a roster with six men around the league, mm-hmm. I bet you you would make a, you could, like, build a terrifying team.
0: Yeah. If you do six men, yeah, for sure.
1: Maybe even, like, I'm just saying. I think they,
0: could... for an expansion draft, it's different than a disaster draft. It, it's not, I think, I think they protect eight players instead of five. So it'd be ninth men that you're drafting from,
1: but even then, I feel like you could. I mean, not in today's NBA, but you could make a serviceable team.
0: You could make a team that's like comparable to like some of these bad. Like it wouldn't be that much worse than the Wizards. I'd say
1: they're better than the Wizards. Yeah, I was like, they're better than the Wizards.
0: It could. I mean, it depends on how you fill out your roster, but yeah, if you if you tried to just make a good team right now, yeah, you could definitely do that. Build a better team than the Wizards
1: with I'd the think. ninth guys.
0: Yeah. Just like who fit together as a team, it'd be hard to get like a, a number one option, obviously. But
1: but that's what the draft's for.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the expansion. Don't you get the first? You get like extra draft capital. I'm pretty sure if you're an expansion team, I want to say. But
1: no, I because I thought there's a first round that just like if there's because if they do two, I thought that they get picks one and two no matter what.
0: Oh yeah, they pro- they probably do. I don't know. I don't know exactly. It's been so long since there's been... I mean, we weren't really even alive, I don't think, the last time they had a... We might have been like two years old, I think, the last time the expansion draft happened.
1: Oh, that's going to um, stink so bad. What do you mean? I just didn't think about like... 95 was the expansion draft.
0: Oh, so we were... Yeah, we were negative three. Or you were negative four. I was negative three.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that'll be a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The expansion draft will like... Put, there's some teams that that'll, that'll mess with.
0: Yeah, for sure. A ninth man well, yeah, so I think if there's only two teams, then um after one player is picked from your team, then everybody else is off limits. So you can only lose one person. So I mean it wouldn't be too bad, but I, I feel like there would be some teams that would lose like a valuable rotation guy, you know. Uh like the Nuggets last year would have lost like Jeff Green, maybe or something like that. But Well I'm looking
1: at like the Thunder and like the Celtics, oh, like a
0: young asset that is like somebody, the, yeah, that's worth. That is
1: going to be a problem. Yeah, but isn't necessarily yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, but um, I'm pretty sure in the off season, Russillo and and uh, Bill Simmons they did. I do remember did this, that. Yeah, did
1: a mock expansion, which of, you, like who would keep what?
0: It was pretty terrible, but like it's it's like it's better than almost any other era would have been for doing an expansion draft. You know,
1: oh, there um, wasn't. Apparently, the Charlotte Bobcats were given the fourth overall pick in a 2004 draft, but they weren't an expansion in 2004, were they?
0: No. The Bobcats? They were just a
1: rebranding. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or they could have been... I think they were a new team. Yeah, they were a new team. Because okay, the Hornets so moved to New Orleans, and then the Charlotte got a new team, which were the Bobcats. Okay. And after after New Orleans rebranded as the Pelicans... The team in charlotte rebranded as the hornets even though they're not the original hornets they just took back yeah. the branding so uh yeah that that's kind of confusing to like think about sometimes but like which records or which the team's history belongs where but uh the charlotte bobcats technically city. uh were new
1: i think it's more the city most like nine times out of ten the city i in my brain is like what the records belong to
0: yeah i would think
1: honestly like if but then you say that. Like, it's more, especially when it's, like, that type of, like, immediately they got a new team. When, they, like, I don't think the Timberwolves should be able to claim the Lakers, like, the, all those championships that the Lakers claim from the Minneapolis teams.
0: Yeah, I don't, yeah, probably, because it have been several decades it's, later. That... That's what I mean. That's when yeah. it's, like,
1: weird. Uh-huh. But when it's, like, right, like, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns went to Baltimore and became the Ravens. But then the literal next season, the Cleveland Browns were a team again. Oh yeah, and they it was a different franchise technically. Uh-huh. So technically, like all the historical Browns are all Ravens. Yeah, historically,
0: that's interesting.
1: It's weird and dumb.
0: Yeah, uh, like if the Sonics were to be added back this uh, in this draft Thunder? or this expansion, I like, think what.
1: Would the Thunder get, no, because this team will just be the Supersonics. There'll just be a gap in Supersonics history.
0: Really? I feel like they should get the, the history of the, su- the Supersonics, honestly. That, that, that's what I'm saying. There'll yeah. just be a big gap in the history. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's not even really that, it would be, like, 20 years, which I guess is kind of big, but.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's kind of big. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a big, like, that's almost a quarter. Yeah, no, of, it's of more than history. a quarter. It's almost a third of the history of the league.
0: Yeah. At that point, it would be like year 78 or 9.
1: So it'll be just about a quarter. Yeah. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. To not be there for. (laughs) Anyway. um, For sure. Getting back to the trade deadline, kind of bouncing around. P.J. Washington is going to Dallas for Grant Williams, Seth Curry in a first, and there's a couple other things moving. Seems like a weird move by Charlotte, like you said. Like, those are not super tank-friendly pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, but one thing that I do think is good is Dallas. I think got an upgrade for sure with PJ Washington. I think that they overpaid, but in terms of like what they need, they got an improvement. I just think they gave up a lot in a vacuum.
0: Yeah. It seemed a little weird to, I mean, I don't know. Grant Williams wasn't playing great for them. It's definitely an upgrade and I don't know how much they really value that first round pick, to be honest. But the the top 2 protection thing on it is also just a little like why did you need to make it that good for, yeah. for Charlotte, you know?
1: Make it just top like 5? Yeah. Cause or essentially lottery, it's honestly
0: un- cuz like you're giving them a pick, you know, and then you're you have you're giving them players that are like not that much lower in much- value. Like they're they're going to be able to flip Grant Williams and Seth Curry this offseason, if they're, I I guess I don't know what their contracts look like. I know Seth Curry has a option coming up. I think it's a player.
1: I thought he was a three, because I thought he signed the same contract that Gabe Vincent signed.
0: No, he did the um, what's it called? Vet minimum. Vet minimum. Yeah, so it, okay, he, it, it's a but it's a two year, like a one and one. So he has one one guaranteed year. The second one is uh, this is non guaranteed. When you, I thought back when you signed it, it was a player. Pretty sure it, it said it was a player option. I don't know if that's that is still the case. It's just displaying it oddly for some reason. But are
1: vet minimums usually player options. I thought they were
0: not. You're not normally, but his his is not like a normal contract. Like it, it was okay. It was two years, and the second one was like a. There was an option on it. I'm pretty sure it was player. Okay. I'm almost. Brett Williams,
1: positive. I know, was uh, the, he's tradable, flippable. Yeah. Dallas also didn't seem to like Grant Williams that much.
0: Like Dallas, in terms of the fans, in terms of players, the team, they the seem team. to
1: just be more annoyed by him than yeah. normal.
0: Than normal, I, I feel like he's he's most people's like top pick. Him and like Dylan Brooks, maybe in different, very different ways, though. Like if you had a draft of like basketball watchers, you know, like who who's the most annoying players? Grant Williams would go top five every time, for sure.
1: But he's like a co-president of the players association
0: yeah it's uh, so wild is he co-president yeah uh, i thought he was like vice president but i mean still i think same him thing. and
1: mccolm are like co-presidents or something like that
0: that's wild and do you, do you have to be voted into that position i'm guessing yes yeah you would have to be <laughs> but yeah that's interesting well i guess grant Williams' contract is longer than i thought it's four years i thought it was three for some reason four years 53 million so, I mean, that's not really that bad. As long as he plays like somewhat like how he did on Boston, you know, which Two I just feel like, like
1: championship run Boston, not his last year in Boston.
0: Yeah. But I mean, he still shot well, didn't he? No. He didn't.
1: Not in, in the most meaningless, meaningless way, maybe
0: just under 40%, 39.5. He's better than how he shot in Dallas, which was 37.6, which still isn't bad. But this is from three. Um, obviously, yeah, I,
1: I assumed.
0: <laughs> but uh, if, in Dallas, though, his... you're
1: right, it's CJ McCombs, the president, and then Grant Williams is the first vice president, because everyone that is a player as a member of the players, they're all president, vice president.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I think we've talked about this before. I don't think that so. It's CJ is president, and then Grant Williams is the first vice president. Okay. And then Harrison Barnes is the secretary treasurer. And then everyone else, the other six members of the player thing are all called Vice President. And that's Bismack Biombo, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Jaron Jackson Jr., Donovan Mitchell, and Garrett Temple.
0: Garrett Temple? Is he even on a roster? Don't you have to be on a roster to be in the...
1: Some of these blew my mind that like, Bismack Biambo apparently, beloved in order to be a Vice President. Oh yeah, I, I feel like everybody loves Biambo.
0: Yeah. He's just like a...
1: Is he on the roster?
0: Yeah, he's on the Grizzlies. They picked him up as soon as Stephen Ad- Not as soon as, but shortly after Stephen Adams was out for the season. They had to get a big they went and got Bismack. He started for a while.
1: Because he was in Phoenix, right?
0: Yeah, we yeah last year. We, t- we even talked about it on this podcast when they picked him up because I was like, if a team is signing Bismack Biombo midway through the year, that's a sign that <laughs> things aren't going well. <laughs> I think it was after they started like 0-6, <laughs> they signed him, something like that. Yeah. Oh, but Temple, yeah, Garrett Temple is on the Raptors right now, in fact. Friend of the show, Mitchell Sider's <laughs> team, making three mil, being a locker room guy. I'm sure he's not hey. getting many minutes, but yeah, anyways, though. So, like, Dallas, I think that that's a good addition, getting P.J. Washington. It's a good upgrade. Miles Bridges, uh, to go back to the, the Charlotte thing, Miles Bridges it's, hasn't he, been moved, right?
1: Nope, he has not been moved, and they have no intentions of... Because apparently you said that there's no no trade clauses he said he will veto any trade they try to do
0: oh yeah he has some weird thing but that's not so he doesn't have a no trade clause but he has some sort of thing that I don't fully understand that if that he can veto a trade
1: <laughs> bridge's one year eight million dollar contract has a clause that gives him the power to veto any proposed trade
0: but I think that I doesn't I know I know it's that sounds like it means that it won't allow the the deal to happen but i think that he still goes to the team but he like there's something with he doesn't they don't get his bird rights which i i don't even see why that would be a thing you would do because that doesn't make any sense that like it's not really an advantage it's a disadvantage
1: player. for the player
0: yeah well i mean not not necessarily it's just like it's like the, i'm not going to resign with you so you don't get my bird rights so you can't You know, you don't have extra leverage to sign me, basically. But that still feels like not like a thing that you would want to. It doesn't hurt you necessarily, but it's not like a thing that the I just I could never imagine the the scenario in which like you doing that would have really any sort of significant impact on anything. So I don't fully understand it.
1: When a player re-signs with his previous team on a one-year or two-year contract with an option, that player gains the right to veto a trade. Because if he is traded, his new team would not be allowed to carry over his bird rights from the previous one.
0: Okay. and that's, So that's the reason oh, he's able to veto because it. Because
1: if he, if he does get traded, the bird rights don't go with that one-year contract, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So the Hornets, with full bird rights, can pay Bridges anything up to his max as a free agent this offseason, and any other team could have been limited to whatever cap space they have or possible cap exception oh so he's allowed to veto it
0: because because if they're trading him they're taking away money that he can make potentially and he's like well i don't want to give up that the money take that completely off the table so i'm i don't i would like to not be traded so it's not technically a no trade clause but it's like by default or by technicality
1: yes it is yeah like in in every way but literally it is a no trade clause yeah
0: it's not like one where you're giving a player the maximum salary you're able to give them and then you're also like, also we'll give you a no trade clause to get, you know, add an extra reason for the player to sign the contract, you know, because that's what yeah. they did with Brad Beal. And that's like a thing that it's like kind of GM's like 101. Like you should basically well, never sign a no trade clause because of how like crippled you become at that point. It's like it, it turns into the Dame Miami situation where the player yeah. is like. I only want to go there. Everybody knows that's where I want to go, so you're not gonna get like any value from actually dealing him there.
1: Which in hindsight, that Miami package would have been pretty juicy getting my boy Hemi Hawkins.
0: But I don't even was he even part of it?
1: I guess that was always what people assumed. I don't know yeah, if it yeah. actually I, officially was. I'm pretty sure it was that's like true.
0: I think it was Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and then a pick or something like that. It was like Was it not Jovich? I don't even know if Jovich was in there. I think. Oh wow! I, I don't. I'm not sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was very. It was much less than I even thought it was.
1: Oh, um, I do remember like us talking about this being like they offered them nothing. Yeah, and you're like it's not that bad. And then when we looked at it, you're like, oh wait, I thought it was like these uh, yeah. other things were also there. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I, I thought I'm, it was just. I'm,
0: I thought it was on the premise of the Heat just don't have much they can give, but it was like on top of the fact that they don't have a lot they could give. They also they are not were not even trying to give most of it.
1: <laughs> which is a very Pat Riley move. Yeah. Like, Daryl Morey would also do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, you want Joel Embiid? Uh, I would like all 13 of your starters. Or all all 13 members of your team. Make it work. I don't <laughs> yeah. care
0: how. But honestly, Miami, going to them, just using that segue, like, they're looking pretty good with the moves they've made. Swapped out Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier, which is a huge upgrade. Which is, like... Yep, Scary Terry is like such a good Miami fit, honestly. Oh, yeah. It's great. And then...
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm prepared to have nightmares a little bit about it. Yeah. Because, he, yeah, he's going to have a... Like I, he's going to go off against Miami. you guys in the playoffs? W- no, he does always, whenever they play. He almost... He's gotten like... Le- it's been less crazy, but like the first two years after they didn't pay him and they sent him, or he ended up going to Charlotte instead of getting paid. Yeah. He would just be like... It go safe. off
0: in regular season games, right? Because they never yeah. played in the playoffs. but, never. Yeah. but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And the, the Heat, did they do anything else? I feel like I saw that had another thing, but I guess maybe not. They traded, yeah, so they got Terrier's year. I think maybe there was a proposed or an like a, a rumor that they might go out and get somebody else, but I, I guess I'm not sure if they actually have. But yeah, the the trade deadline this year has been interesting it's been a lot more spread out than usual like the siakam and no g trades happened a while ago even the rozier deal happened not even this month so it's a little a little different than usual but uh if miles bridges so he, he apparently did not get moved at all there's a lot of rumors of him going to the suns though that was a big thing and i guess moving into other deals that are like worth talking about we got the knicks uh the, the new york knicks added bojan bogdanovich from the pistons as well as alec burks alec burks coming back the colorado star the knicks gave up grimes though which is probably the biggest thing here they gave up quentin grimes evan fournier's salary ryan Archidiacano shed a tear you know they gave up one of the villanova guys so they don't have that you know weird that first vibe. time ever i think that it was the first time ever they've had a team in the NBA has had four players who were
1: all teammates in college
0: at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's even crazy. It's not even they all went to, to the same school. No, yeah. it's they were all there in a very short, small window at the yeah. same time. All
0: of them won at least one championship at Villanova.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's I, I think at least. I'm pretty sure. Because Ryan, Archie definitely Flynn. played all four years. Yeah, Malachi Finn was the other guy in that deal. Uh, not a Villanova guy. He's a. San Diego State, Aztec, I believe. And then they had two seconds, I believe, also. Yep. Two second round picks. So definitely a W for the Knicks. Like Grimes is like definitely the only real piece of value there.
1: Pistons have been doing a lot of moving.
0: Yeah, definitely a fire sale going on in Detroit after their horrific start to the season.
1: And they they got a lot back. Like looking at some of their other trades that they got done, uh, We already, I think it might have been before, but Fontecchio got moved. Yeah. And then, or so they got Fontecchio, so they were like, let's get to our, let's find our window and push from there as opposed to having this kind of all over the place roster. They lost Kevin Knox and then Gabriel Procida and then a 2024 second round pick. Uh, yeah. Those are going to Utah. And then uh, they also shipped out Monte Morris and got Shake Milton and Troy Bound Jr. and another second round pick. And then Detroit, I feel like made one more move, but I might be making that up in my brain. It looks like I was in fact making that one up.
0: Yeah, I don't understand the Fontecchio one at all. Why give for up for which side for the Pistons? That's the one that's like they're not acquiring more, like like another pick or something. Like they gave up a pick to get a guy who's like twenty eight.
1: Is Fontecchio that old?
0: Yeah. Like, he he's in his, pr- like, definitely in his prime right now. Like, he was in his prime in the Euro League and then decided to come over. Very similar to, like, the Sasha Vizenkov thing.
1: Well, hopefully they knew that and didn't think they were getting a guy that was uh, <laughs> 20 years old. It'd be in like his the second year.
0: The old, uh, that the Brooks mix up when the, uh, somebody was trying to get, I think it was the Jazz maybe, somebody was trying to oh. trade with the the Grizzlies. They wanted Dylan Brooks. But the, the Grizzlies thought they were asking for Marshawn Brooks.
1: I no, I thought it was the other way around. I thought no. the Grizzlies okay. The Grizzlies
0: thought they were giving up the worst player. So they thought they were giving up Marshawn Brooks. And the okay. other team thought they were getting Dylan Brooks. And it wasn't until after like they agreed to it and everything that they were like, Wait, I thought we were talking about Dylan Brooks, not you know, and so yeah. they had to like call it off.
1: <laughs> like Fontecchio, except it's uh wait, it's his second year in the league, right? Yeah. He's only this is year two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not 19 what do you mean
0: <laughs> i don't even think he was drafted i want to say i think he just kind of came over recently
1: he's good enough i feel like that'd be wild that he was able to just because don't you have to like, technically go through the draft isn't that like
0: oh no you don't have to you have to oh. you actually have to enter your you have to go through the process of entering your name into the draft in order to be eligible for the draft you know like yeah they can't just draft him out of Europe. He would have to try to enter the draft, which not everybody does. Hmm. I guess he was just, he was, um...
1: Wait, what if, what, then why doesn't people, why don't they just start a bidding war? Like, Wemby, I'm not going to go through the draft.
0: Oh. Um, I don't know That's what I'm saying.
1: I feel like there's, you have to do something. Well, with because, th- something
0: like that, there might be...
1: No, this because th- then, like, Luca and Wemby both could have just been like, I'm this good... I know I'm this good.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's... I'm saying there might be a a specific... In a specific situation like that, there might have some sort of protection. Or, like, also, it might be less advantageous for them to do that. Like, when you enter the league not through the draft, there's probably, like, a very small number that you can sign for or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You probably only sign for, like, a a minimum contract, which I'm pretty sure Fontecchio is on a pretty small deal. Unless he got... A new deal this offseason but yeah on basketball reference even if the player's not drafted it will usually say if they like the draft year that they were entered into um but he doesn't have anything listed on basketball reference there's no year for him yeah so he's on a minimum deal looks like yeah
1: so maybe that's what no it's a it's a
0: mid-level exception but the smallest version of it which mid-level exception is confusing because there's like four tiers to it or whatever but it, it's 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 like it's less than what Seth Curry makes, so it's less than a vet minimum.
1: Looking big, pale. <laughs> Sun came out. Um, looking at, not seeing really many other trades that like are actually like Kelly Olenek is leaving Utah.
0: Yeah, what was that one for again? I saw that earlier. Uh,
1: Kelly Olinic in
0: uh, Ochai Abaji. 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 Yeah, the G is like. It's like you don't go, you don't say guh, but it's like you kind of soften it. Agbaji, Agbaji.
1: Agbaji, Agbaji. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and then Kyra Lewis and Otto Porter in a 2024 first are going to Utah. Which there was a lot of speculation that Otto Porter was on the boards of a lot of contenders as like that eighth guy. Mm -hmm. And he ended up in a non-contender in Utah. Yeah, it does um, seem
0: like they're trying to like he'll he'll probably be part of the starting lineup though. Trading off Ke- Kelly Olynyk is weird to me though, because he was start he yeah. was he was starting for them. Like Walker Kessler oh, started at the beginning. We didn't of the talk season,
1: about but, yeah. We also did not talk about Buddy Healed here at all.
0: Yeah, Buddy Healed going to the Sixers is a big one.
1: Marcus Morris and Fur Fur Furkan 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 yeah. Furkan Korkmaz in three seconds. Um. Hmm. Finally happened. I feel like everybody is, in some point in time, either, like, a visualized Buddy healed as a Sixer or straight up just thought he did play for the Sixers at one point. <laughs> I did. I don't know if it's because he kind of has a, a, like, they look like they might be brothers or cousins, uh, him and Nerlens Noel. I don't know oh. if because they both have the same haircut. I don't know. Yeah. and they were they? Or completely.
0: Were they traded on draft? I know they were in the same draft, weren't they? Or no, no, they weren't. They were traded for um, one but- another, though. At one point, I want to say no. I just, I, they were both dra- They were both went to New Orleans in the draft, technically. But New Orleans Noel got traded to the Sixers, and oh, Buddy Hield did not.
1: But uh, but Buddy Hield, I feel like is a Sixers a thing that has been a, a concept for a long time, and it happened. And they also lost Pat Bev. The other thing the Sixers did, so yeah. It's campaign and um, Buddy Hield are the two new pieces of the Sixers post-Joel Embiid injury, which it looks like it's actually not as doom and gloom as we thought, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're leaning towards the like month and a half to two-month range for Embiid to come back, and having a shooter at the insanely elite level of Buddy Heald does not hurt anybody's chances at all.
0: Yeah, ever. not at all.
1: Especially with an Embiid that's like looking for the outlet just more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Having a guy that hits it at a... Like feels like a disgusting like sixty percent flip is what it feels like watching Buddy he'll play basketball. Yeah, like when he's like wide open catch and shoot, you're like, well, that's going in. Especially playing with Halliburton. Always. Yeah, yeah. So Wasn't, I didn't love how Indiana has approached the past couple of.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get it to Indiana and that deal in a second. But first off, the what you were saying about Embiid and and Healed, I think will be a really good pairing because like uh, Embiid's playing two man game right now with Maxi in the dribble handoffs, the DHOs, but having a guy like healed who's like a... That's like the classic DHO. Like, back when DHOs were not played, like, run on every single team, the teams that they were run on were for guys like J.J. Redick and Duncan Robinson and, you know, those those three-point threats. And Buddy Heald is definitely in that mold. That on steroids. Yeah, so that'll be perfect. I think,
1: because he's never been on, like, the, the insane... People don't realize how good Buddy Healed is at shooting. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like... He didn't turn into, like, the superstar like some people thought he kind of would have coming out of Oklahoma. But, like, the thing that did carry over is his ability to shoot the basketball. What is his three-point percentage?
0: On his career, uh, it's probably, like, 42, something like that. But he, like, it's a, you know, it's not easy attempts. Like, he, he takes a lot of really deep shots. Uh, he has a deep range, a lot of moving ones. Um, on his career, it is, it is uh, 40, just over 40, 40.1. 40. Um, but
1: but on an a what is the attempts per game I got go to on
0: his career just under 8 attempts a game oh,
1: oh my goodness
0: and he's not a guy that plays like a ton of minutes like he plays a decent amount but he's never been like a well not, I shouldn't say never in in Sacramento for a few years he was like a you know playing all game long basically sort of starter but ever since then he's been uh, which is the reason Indiana traded him uh which is why the the point I was going to get to which is that uh, he wanted to get moved this off season, he was he requested a trade because of the role uh, that looked Did like he, he was gonna be playing this upcoming season with Matherin like advancing, um, and him probably either taking a bench role or not playing a lot of minutes. And then he was used more than I think people were expecting, and so then people thought maybe oh like maybe he's happy now, maybe but I guess apparently not because they still end up dealing him. But, I don't know, that's just weird to me because he was like, he was literally Halliburton's favorite target. Like, the most assists Halliburton has gotten to a teammate this year was was with Buddy Heald. So, seems a little odd to give up your number one, like, three-point threat and, and finisher. And didn't
1: get anything that, like, is remotely close to anything back.
0: Unless Quarkmaz in, in a new role shines. Yeah, oh, Doug McDermott adds the shooting factor for sure. He's one of the few guys in the league that's like literally in the same classes but Buddy healed as a shooter so there's that but he's not you know he's not like a guard though which might be a, a good thing because they have a lot of guards. well they did with so now now it's not though they it, you it would have been a better better move before but now after the siakam trade they have siakam at the four and they've moved out yeah. bruce brown so Corey little... joseph
1: is also coming back
0: oh yeah that was the other thing so a backup point guard for them which will be good with tyrese halberton being little bit you know injury prone obviously since he's gotten there but yeah so indiana i think has made some decent moves i wouldn't say that they're like you know blowing anybody out after of the, water. the Siakam
1: but, trade, i don't think they've done anything that like makes me more scared i almost yeah. feel worse worse for them outside of the after the siakam trade i don't think they've done anything where i feel better mm-hmm. yeah um, I,
0: I just don't really get moving healed thing to be honest
1: Unless he, like, wanted to be gone and just was being, like, very behind, like, not going to make a big deal about it, but, like, I still, I I get I'm playing, I still want to be gone. Yeah,
0: I which I don't do know why else. he would do that again. Like, this is the second team he's done that with now. He did that with the Kings. He was on the trading block for, like, two years with the Kings because he was...
1: I I feel like he's always been on the trade block. He's never not. Like, he gets to the new team and then they just, like, put his name on the list.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he was um, in the the original... The the Boogie Cousins deal, when DeMarcus got traded over to New Orleans, that's how Buddy got to Sacramento. But he spent a lot of time in Sacramento, for sure. He's
1: also got a lot of buzz about being a Laker. And I think that's a thing also worth bringing up. Not a single human being has left Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, which is very surprising. I thought there would be at least...
1: People thought they'd be the big buyers, the big flippers, the big shuffle. They,
0: They don't have much they can do. To be fair but i thought at least there would be something done especially with how you know dramatic and and uh, <laughs> passive aggressive lebron has been you know so it's a little yeah. odd but i guess we'll see i mean obviously they can't do anything other than the buyout market at this point which like you said and they are might...
1: eligible for the buyout. yeah and looking at some of the guys that are uh then when he was a name i know oladipo but i don't is oladipo out for the year with the injury
0: I have no idea. I feel like he's not been playing.
1: Well, Logan looks that up. Uh, second apron teams, meaning teams that cannot participate in the buyout market, are the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. Other teams that are close are the Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets, and Philadelphia 76. Looking at the numbers, another team that's right below Miami, not necessarily close. The Lakers are next. So depending on how much money things are, there could be issues there. But
0: like a Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe somebody that would be paid a little bit more. That
1: would be get a decent chunk. The Lakers might not be able to get. And then the other thing that we don't know is the how it works with like Logan brought up the Nuggets. If the Nuggets sign someone that puts them over the apron, does that mean they can't sign that person for that much? Yeah. Not sure how it works. There's. Very weird rules. So,
0: mm-hmm. with this being the first year with this structure,
1: it'll take some getting used to.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's been playing, but I don't see. Oh, yeah, he does have a knee injury. Uh, this is Victor Oladipo that I'm talking about. And the Grizzlies waved him an hour ago.
1: Yeah, I knew that.
0: Oh, yeah, could we... obviously, he's on the battlefield. That's market. what sparked it. Yeah. Yeah. But it does say knee injury. I don't know the severity, but I mean, Maurice that's
1: O'Neil is going to Phoenix. Oh, that's actually really
0: big. For who?
1: The salaries and three second round picks. Salaries is a very vague term. Yeah, because
0: they don't have salaries outside of their big the big uh, four. Memphis I, is it's...
1: sending David Roddy to the Suns for a pick swap as part of the three-way with Phoenix and Brooklyn. The Suns get O'Neal and Roddy for their postseason rotation.
0: Yeah. That's
1: true. The Suns retain assets after these three teams deal for O'Neal and Roddy, including a second rounder pick swaps. Okay, also Shams and Woj don't know how this, maybe we don't know because the tweet was Phoenix now has two roster spots open to pursue additional buyouts on the market, unless they traded away enough to get under the line. This whole thing is very confusing and no one really knows how it works.
0: Yeah. Maybe I I don't know if the buyout thing is dependent on like, maybe they're not allowed to sign certain buyout players who, who were like left a certain, like, it matters what team they just left, or something like that. For the
1: NBA second apron teams, no longer able to use the mid level exceptions. Uh huh. If a team remains in the second apron three out of five seasons, their first round pick will automatically move to the end of the round. I didn't remember hearing about that.
0: I've never Saudi's, heard that either. Three uh, teams out of five. Use, Is that what you
1: said? If t- a team remains in the second apron three out of five seasons, That's their insane. first round pick will automatically move to the end of the round beginning next season.
0: That is crazy.
1: Uh, First round pick seven years out cannot be traded. Salaries cannot be aggregated or combined to trade for a single player making more money. Teams can't use trade exceptions from a prior year and teams can no longer use cash in trade. That's
0: like just completely crippling. (laughs) Like you can barely do anything. It's like straight up only one for one type of deals that you can do with that. And Wait. that's crazy. It's, it's three out of five. And so all of those things take place if they do the three out of five thing. Is that what you're saying? That's just for being in the second apron. And, okay, it is. It doesn't matter how long they've been in there.
1: No. So I'm actually not saying anything about the signing buyout deals, but I swear that was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a thing I've heard before, at least. Apparently,
1: for... if you're above the first apron, which is the Nuggets, the Heat, and the Ozama team. The... The...
0: I don't remember who you said. Was it the Clippers? Oh, it's
1: probably in the same article, and I have to scroll down. Uh, the Sixers. Sixers. Clippers are in the second apron. Uh, teams can't acquire players in sign and sign-and-trade deals in the offseason if the incoming salary keeps them above the apron. Okay. Uh, salary matches and trades what, within 110% of the... Uh, nah, nah, nah. No, teams can't sign a player wave during the regular season. Teams cannot sign a player waive during the regular season if his salary exceeds the mid-level exception, which is $12.2 million this season. This will oh. limit tax teams during the annual buyout season, and veterans not dealt before the trade. Di- yeah, that's not dealt before the trade deadline. Generally, look for new teams for the playoffs. So that's the first and second apron.
0: Okay. And so in that though, does it say that? So the people who are making more than a mid level, does that mean the contract they got bought out of, or what they're signing for? Does it say that? I'm not sure if I I might have missed if you.
1: It just says teams can't sign a player waived during the regular season if his salary exceeds the mid-level exception of which is twelve point two this season.
0: Okay, so so that's that that's a but a bit like a major p- detail on that is whether or yeah, not that's the, left out yeah the contract that he was just on or if there's what they're signing him for because I doubt it's what they're signing him for buyouts hardly ever get signed for that much that's kind of nuts if they yeah. So, I, it's there, probably the contract they were on, which makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. that there's a lot more players that those teams can sign then. Because, like, if Seth Curry yeah. gets bought out, for instance, uh, he, he would, be would be able to to sign anywhere. Yeah,
1: Dinwiddie would not be able to.
0: Yeah, for sure. Marcus making like Morris
1: money. is most likely getting bought out. Who is that last name? Spurt. Marcus Morris.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. An ad started playing on Spotrack oh, right when you said it.
1: You're good. Daniel House Jr. got waived, but he won't be above yeah. that number.
0: No, not at all.
1: I didn't realize that had to be guys that are, like, Paid a lot. Below the mid-level. Or above the mid-level, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Which makes
0: okay. sense. So, But, they, yeah, there's definitely some more names, though, that the Lakers would be able to go get then.
1: The Lakers aren't in that bubble at all. Oh, yeah. It's the Celtics. Oh, yeah,
0: so they could sign bus. Spencer Dinwiddie.
1: They could, Yes.
0: Which would be, but we were issue.
1: saying we don't know if it's if his money puts them into that if like that impacts it or how that all works.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But if it's a buyout contract, I'm guessing they probably won't sign him for that much. That might also be a thing that there's a rule on how much buyouts can even sign for because I feel like every year whenever there's a buyout signing, it's like always a, a minimum, like a one year, just like for the rest of the season. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that because Reggie Jackson. Yeah, that's what happened with. Reg- with reggie jackson in denver speaking of the nuggets my favorite team for anybody who's this is your first episode um the they haven't done anything as far as i'm aware nuggets have just i've seen
1: no nuggets
0: yeah they've been at in a standstill mode which i'm completely fine with to be honest i you know the one big thing that a lot of people have been talking about ever since last trade that died, honestly was alex caruso which i would have liked I would have minded that at all especially this season would have been basically that the to, he would have filled the bruce brown void alex Crusoe would do a great job at that but i guess we did not end up making a move there uh, we didn't have a lot we could move but neither did a lot of these teams that are making moves right now i feel like like there's a lot of teams just giving up second rounders and not really much else and getting like decent returns so do you know if alex Crusoe Anything that has happened with him because that's really surprising me. He was
1: told me. teams told when they called about him that he was untouchable. Chicago really? is going to live in mediocrity for the rest of time. They don't deserve good. Honestly, I wish that Michael Jordan played for any other franchise. With how much of a poverty franchise subtracting the Michael Jordan years, the Chicago Bulls are.
0: What like just because they're mishandling of things or or why? Yeah. And the booze uh, to Jerry Krause's uh, widow. Did you uh, see any, any of that?
1: A little bit. Yeah.
0: The, it was on, uh, he was being entered into the Ring of Honor or whatever it's called. Is that what they're called? Yeah, Ring of Honor. Probably. In Chicago. And it, like it was pre-game or ha- halftime, I think, maybe something like that. And they had Jerry Krause's wife down there representing him because obviously he passed away years ago. And as soon as they announced it, like his name and put his picture up on the screen, like the whole crowd starts booing. And then it shows her and she's like crying, just like sitting there in the middle of the court. Steve Kerr like went off in the interview because it was a Warriors game. Oh. And so, and he was there. So, and he was like, he was like, I'm disgusted and disappointed in the city of Chicago. And you know, um, Or I don't know if he said something like that, but he was, he was disgusted in anybody. He said that obviously when there's booze, it's not everybody, but. You know, the people who were booing, they know who they who they are or something like that. Anyways, yeah. Why, so you were saying the Bulls, you you know, you were putting them in your corner of shame, basically. I, I don't want to yeah. put that in your... Oh, you are? Okay. No.
1: Yeah, I will. Like, Alex Caruso would be so good for everyone that's not the Bulls.
0: I mean, he's really good for them, too, but it's just they're not going to win anything.
1: I just want him to be in a position to win something. Yeah. All of L.A.'s forgotten about him. They're all about their new white boy, Austin Reeves. Don't forget <laughs> about the man that made it happen. The yeah. man that started it all.
0: And they I'll say as
1: something is bold is the Lakers would not have won that finals without Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso was a big deal. And they yeah. didn't pay him, so he went and got money, and all of a sudden he's the bad guy. And now the team he went to that looked promising, holding the man hostage.
0: <laughs> yeah honestly
1: you could get, um, you could get more than what Alex Cruz was worth because of what he could do to for a good team
0: yeah for sure if you were to cash him in and because I mean by I know,
1: definition they, as a GM cash the man in do it
0: yeah Arvidas Karnasovas I believe is the GM of the Bulls former Nuggets uh assistant GM but yeah so that I I don't know we'll, we'll see what happens there I don't know if that will ever come to an end because the Bulls are just like, they should have committed to the tank a, a little while ago now, probably. But it's especially after Levine is out for the rest of the season, it's like, what are you guys doing? What, like, I don't know what they're planning on doing, but it'll be interesting to see where they go for sure. Uh, I'm not, I'm not joining you in, in like shaming them as much because it's like, I don't like they're just kind of doing it to themselves.
1: They're just a poverty franchise before outside of Michael Jordan. Look at the Bulls.
0: Yeah, they've had very little Derrick Rose, and that was like very short little stint. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals once, and I
1: mean, Joakim Noah was a dog. Yeah,
0: Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, once
1: third in MVP voting. Yeah, shout out that same year. Yeah, deservedly so. That's the best part is he was actually that good.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then I
1: don't know about third. Yeah, yeah, he was up there
0: for sure. But that was, yeah, that says a lot more. I think I've said this on this podcast before, but that says more about the talent in the league at that yeah. time in, like, 2013 or whatever that was uh, than it does about him as a player. But, oh, it couldn't be 2013 because that was the year Marcus won defensive player of the year. So it might have been, like, 14 or something like that. But, yeah, I guess trade deadline talk, I've, I just feel like there's not a ton to really touch on in terms of things that no, have there changed. No, wasn't that anything will, that affect the, the the title odds or something like that like if you know?
1: siakam would have moved today this would have been wildly different oh yeah because that would have been like oh the pacer oh boy yeah. it.
0: i'd say the one the the deal that probably affects the title odds the most would be gordon hayward to okc yeah. just because okc's a really good team
1: even just as like a, a, a veteran like has been places and like mm-hmm. a presence is never a bad thing
0: yeah for sure Averaging a, a very quiet 15-5-5 five five this year also, Gordon Hayward. Um, Pat
1: Bev, I guess, going to Milwaukee. is. Oh, is like,
0: that where he went? I've been trying to think this whole yeah. time of like where did he yeah, actually he, go.
1: He went to Milwaukee. Okay. And then, because uh, an all-time tweet from Robin Lopez was like, it was an honor to be your teammate for a whole, a whole 11 minutes. Because then Robin Lopez got moved. Oh, where did he, he go? Um. <laughs> He's
0: been starting when Brooke was out.
1: It's the Kings. But he's expected to be waived and become a free agent. Okay. Oh, sorry. Robin Lopez tweeted, I enjoyed being the teammates with Patrick Beverly for all of an hour and 45 minutes. I'll never forget those times.
0: <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah, that's that's very interesting to me that Pat Bev is going to the Bucks because...
1: Him uh, and Dame are him not Dame?
0: friends. Yeah. But similar to how him and Russ were very much not friends, and they were forced to make it work, and they they actually like are brothers now apparently, like him and Russell huh. Westbrook. Huh. So maybe the similar type of thing will happen with Dame.
1: You I know? feel like it won't because like I feel like the Russell Westbrook one was a lot more like like talking trash, but then like like in game type of stuff. I didn't feel like it was as like it seemed less hostile. It just was because it was two like hot headed people. Dame, who's usually kind of like cool, like win at him. And I feel like if Dame goes at you, that's like...
0: Well, he went at Paul George, though, right? The running from the grind thing?
1: Well, no, because I... And then Pat Bev was like the verbal enforcer. But I just know that the thing that I remember was when, in the post game win, Pat Bev was like, oh, I lock up Dame for 48 minutes, and then you guys say Dame had a bad shooting night, but if he blocks one of my yeah. shots, he locked me down. I like guess yeah, exactly. good for Dame. I guess, and then Dame like tweeted at him. If Dame gets mad at you, like verbally to the public, I feel like it's it's over.
0: Uh, like what? Is it just like a like he's able like, to he's be
1: moved.
0: able to make up make it up or able to be teammates? Sort of thing. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's
1: just. <laughs> it's just I feel weird like
0: the, to me. the Bucks would make a deal for Patrick Beverly, like. Uh, um, like a pretty minimal move, you know. They probably wouldn't make that sort of a deal without at least checking with Dame, like gauging how he feels about it. But who knows? <laughs> I feel like that wasn't that Pat major. Tweeted, thing, honestly.
1: He mad entertaining.
0: You're going to this is the Dame stuff.
1: Yeah, this is in regards to the Dame thing.
0: Back in the bubble. I believe that was. I was in an airport when I when I saw that happen when Dame missed both free throws in the clutch.
1: So Um, live on his podcast, he goes, "I got to get my relationship right with Dame."
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, he did. He had to do the same thing with Russ, and that 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 happened. So Um, I feel like he was on a
1: podcast and live. He got a phone call.
0: Oh, so that's how it was broke. Like he found out on the podcast. That's kind of crazy. But
1: uh, sorry, I'm watching the video of him. He said, who else is on the team? (laughs) (laughs) LOL. Jay Crowder. (laughs) Ah, man. Anyway, sorry.
0: So after this trade deadline, I'll pose this question to you, Jacob Roth, on the Hoop Theory podcast, episode 72. Or 74, excuse me. 74. The, uh, I already forgot who it was. Bill Walton episode. (laughs) After we have seen most of the deals, probably not all, because we're both just trying to, like, scroll through Twitter uh, to find them all, after all these deals have happened at the deadline, who do you think are the title contenders? Who's, like, in your inner circle of title contenders? Like, give me, like, two, three
1: teams. Completely unchanged. It is still your Boston Celtics, the Nuggets, Mm -hmm. and then the Clippers. I'm, like, unchanged across the board.
0: So the Clippers are your third team? Yeah. I, was, I thought I was going to come in here hot with that. That Like, my inner circle is three teams, exactly, and it's those three teams.
1: Because um, I so like if it's like a mountain. Those three teams are, like, standing, like, looking at each other, king of the hill. Like, yeah. those three are up there. And then, like, about to get there is the Bucks, Sixers, if Joel can look like himself when he comes back, especially with the moves they've made. If yeah. he can come back and look 90% of what he was, I feel like they're going to be a team that could be scary in a seven-game series. And then the Thunder. I really genuinely think that the Thunder are like... the
0: Wolves. You mean the Wolves are close?
1: Yeah. They got Monte Morris. They got another point guard. So then if... Yeah. That's true. That's the thing that I need to remember that now that if Mike Conley's hurt, they just they didn't have a point guard. Now they do.
0: Yeah. Uh, and also, they were, they were really struggling in the non-Conley minutes, honest, honestly, yeah. so far this season. Just because not so having a have, point
1: guard is yeah. not an ideal way to play basketball. And they
0: got like literally the best just backup point guard like that like if that if anybody if that's like what their title was you know that it's be either him or one of the Joneses Trey Jones or Tyus Jones you know it's like those three guys and Monte Morris is a much better shooter than those those two guys I cannot tell you how many times I've seen at the end of quarters Monte Morris just like. Not even pass the ball at all, but just like make a shot at to end a quarter. Like he's the he's like the best at just like get one more shot in and make it. For some reason, he he makes those all the time. Um, so I feel like that would be a nice addition to the Timberwolves roster for sure, and uh, make them a little bit more scary. I I don't I still don't love their chances with Cat. Like just to, like there's which we haven't really talked about these performances yet. The the sixty two performance that did two like 62 point games and then we also the,
1: haven't talked about the two back-to-back 40s for miles bridges i didn't even know about those to be honest <laughs> yeah he had 40 points and then 42 the next night
0: okay but then uh yeah obviously that that week where those guys scored seven or 62 and lost booker and and cat uh and bead had 70 against the spurs and uh luka Doncic had 73 against the hawks Well, i'm you know we're not breaking any news here for sure but uh just talking about those because they're interesting the carl anthony town's one like apparently they found out mid game that Embiid had 70 earlier and so they were just trying the hardest they could to try to get cat to score more than 70 and that's what <laughs> lost them the game
1: he i'm w- also yeah that's crazy
0: that's that can't have i don't think that's ever happened in the history of the nba where somebody has literally like i'd say even like f- over 40 points but he had 62 points and Chris Finch benched him in crunch time because he was hurting the team by trying to just keep taking shots and try to score more.
1: So shout out to Chris Finch for yeah. at the end, just absolutely tearing into the entire team. Uh-huh. Like that's not good basketball. I don't care what the stat that is not good basketball.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that's what it turned into every, like it, it was the rest of the team's fault too. Like, and, was very like he only had like nine points that game because he, he was early on cat was making everything and so he's like i'm just gonna keep feeding cat try to get a record but it's like you're i don't even remember who they were playing off the top of my head. was it the wizards did they lose at the wizards or it might have been the hornets i think it was the hornets actually yeah that's just that's rough losing a game like that to the hornets, hornets. Uh, be, yeah because you just want to keep getting cat buckets I, I've said it before, but like, cat is just—he's one of those guys that I. It's like he's so talented. It's like being a good basketball player does not make you, or being like talented, I guess, does not mean you are like a valuable basketball player. You know what I I'm mean? I'm
1: shocked he didn't get moved a little bit.
0: Really? Because his the,
1: value is as high as it's gonna get, and they know that he's not gonna be their answer for the to win the whole deal. You don't want Carl on your team. I mean, you don't want him to be sitting on the bench. You don't want him in the arena. You would like him to be (laughs) as far away from the target center as humanly possible when playoff basketball shows up.
0: I think it's a good like stretch five. You know, just like being being a for the most
1: money you're paying anybody exactly. Yeah, obviously that's not ideal. I like just ask for the entire bench lineup of the sixers and like you guys can have (laughs) cat yeah just i'm just saying for that money you could get so much more
0: but would you get would you improve though is the thing i i don't i'm not sure like i'm not i feel like you're kind of going i'm not that off of cat i'm not like saying no i'm
1: off in the sense that like obviously he's a good basketball player he was a fringe all star i don't think he should have been but he was like it they're not crazy for him being one i just think that this is the highest high it's gonna get i don't think cat can win anything in the playoffs
0: if you i mean but the thing is he's not your number one guy you know Ant is
1: but then why does he act like he is
0: when does cat act like he's the number one guy Other than that sixty two point game. Like I I feel like he's very he's a he's I don't want to say like a beta, but he's definitely like (laughs) like he's uh, pretty open, I feel like. Ever ever since Ant like kinda came onto the scene, he's been very like willing to be the second fiddle. Let Ant Cook. Which is a good thing, but I think it the reason it happens though is from a place that's like I'd rather have Nas Reed.
1: I'm just kidding
0: on the contract maybe but Nazrid yeah. also just got paid a lot too he
1: did so. just get paid a healthy amount
0: but yeah cat is just the things he says his whole just kind of personality just kind of rubs me the wrong way i'm sure i'm i'm definitely not alone in saying that obviously but uh i don't know it's hard to root for the guy you know sometimes i don't like it when people are like always pick on certain people you know mm-hmm. And I feel like a natural sense of like, oh, you know, he's not that bad or like I'll try to defend him a little bit. But with him, it's, he just makes it hard. Uh, how he just has to talk about all the time, how he's the best shooting big man of all time, which I mean, he's in the conversation for, I guess, but it's just like, why just, I don't know. And then also him saying that last year to him, what, what the, the Wolves were able to do last year by getting into the playoffs and winning a game was more impressive than what the Nuggets did by winning the championship. It's like, what what are you talking about? Could
1: you run that back by me? My brain
0: is... (laughs) So Carl Anthony Towns said on Podcast P, I believe, on Paul George's podcast, that uh, last season he was more impressed. He thought, objectively, what the, the Wolves did was more impressive. People should have talked about it more. What they were able to pull off by... Uh, even through all the drama and stuff, get into the postseason, win the play-in, get, you know, get a playoff spot, win a game against the Nuggets. That was more impressive than what the Denver Nuggets did, like than their whole season as a whole. And it's like <laughs> you mean the team that that went sixteen and four in the playoffs and like dominated everybody, and no, and also somebody that was not really the favorite going into the playoffs. You know, people were not really overwhelmingly picking them at all honestly
1: jeez louise Uh, i'm i'm like that's crazy
0: yeah that's carlin heat towns in a nutshell yeah he that 62 point game is just like an an insane feat of like somebody so talented being so like not productive in terms of winning a game he has the worst feel like of what something i feel like is very very important in a player that i look for is like a feel for the game you know a feel for what to do in certain moments the aggression that you need to play with at certain moments you know when to be careful on things like just an awareness of 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 things he has the complete opposite of that like it feels like he's actively trying to lose games sometimes or actively tr- like what the i've never seen a guy so like unbelievably aggressive or so like um Nonchalant about his physicality when he's sitting on five fouls than Carl Anthony Towns. He'll have five fouls and just like clobber a person. It's like, what are you doing?
1: I, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, we flipped roles. I went from saying Carl Anthony Towns is like the shiniest bum in all of the land. And then you're like, oh I don't, I'm not that bad. And then you're like listing all of the things that make me think he would not be good in a playoff. Like,
0: Well, yeah, no, he is not. I agree. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. But it's just like, what if they're moving, moving him? Like, they have to be able to move him for a guy that can come into the starting lineup and fill his spot somewhat, you know? And that's just not really there. And like you said, the market for him, you're saying it's higher than it ever will be. I don't know about that because I don't feel like it's very high.
1: That's what, But it will okay. get since we can't time travel to the past and get rid of him like 4 years ago yeah i just feel i don't know
0: it could go up a little bit from here who knows but like at this point it's like is he worth more to your team right now since like getting rid of him will get you basically nothing that is going yeah. to fill the the hole that he leaves on the on the in the rotation yeah cuz like He's like, he's like a, what value he provides is like the value in theory that he is. Do you get what I mean? Like, he's so bad at executing on that. But like, in when he's theory. in the game, he provides spacing. He yeah. like has, he's a skillful, like he can move the ball and, you know, things like that. But like decision-making in important moments and like just all of that, like just winning plays. He has like just an act for doing the opposite.
1: It's like he knows what to do and then just does the opposite. D- the opposite of yeah, it's I don't know.
0: it's it's very weird. But yeah, whoa! You look like you're about to say something.
1: I know. I just saw some heck of out of pocket, but I'll tell you after we stop recording.
0: Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Um, and then Devin Booker had a similar. I didn't really. I, don't, I haven't seen much of that game though. I don't know how that turned out. Outside of I know they lost. I think it was to the Pacers. I want to say when Devin Booker scored 62. And that was the same night that Luca went off for 73, which that was the most, like, out of all of these games, this, the two 62s, the seventy, and the 73, Luca's 73 was the least, like, stat chasing of all of them. Like, Embiid's wasn't, like, crazy stat chasing, but he like, he was taking a lot of shots. Like, Embiid, like, took, like, 40-something shots, which is hilarious yeah. because I rem- I always remember this interview from Embiid for some reason, back in, like, 2018, when that him and Russ had a beef... Do you remember that? When Russ and uh, and Embiid yeah. were like... uh But Embiid said something in a, a post-game interview one time about like, uh I, I wish I could take 40 shots a game. You know, like he was making fun of Russ for taking 40 attempts that game or something. And he he just did that too. But Luca though, he had 73 points on like 30, like 31 no, attempts. No, it was like, a it was normal something. amount
1: of Luca shots, like in the 30s. He yeah. just made... All of them.
0: Yeah, and, and also, I mean, he had 16 free throws, which was a big. And I think he was 16 but for 16.
1: He also had 72 points.
0: 16 free
1: throws, uh, 73 points. 16 free throws isn't really that much. If you have, like, 30, you're like, okay, that's whatever. That's all free throws. No, he had 73 points.
0: Yeah. So he was still had 57 if you get rid of all the um,
1: free 30-something throws. shots? Sure, I'll take that.
0: Yeah. He's very, very efficient. Um, and my, why is this so slow? Every time I'm recording. I thought I didn't
1: they think. didn't have games on treadli- uh, deadline day. Um, apparently you're just a very stupid boy.
0: Oh, yeah. They always do.
1: For I some reason, so, I thought they didn't. I'm sure yeah. they always have, and I'm just a dumb boy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Have you seen on a basketball reference? I just opened this and noticed this. This is definitely new. I've never seen this. Um, in their per game, like statistical table, it okay. added an awards column to the right of the points. So it shows you in each season what awards they won. So on Lucas, he has rookie of the year his first year, obviously. And then it tells you what place in MVP voting they were, what All NBA team on they what? made, if they made the All Star game. On what? All that kind of stuff. On basketball reference.
1: On their main page? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do see that now. That is new. That's,
0: I think that's new even just today. I was just looking at basketball reference earlier on people's stuff, and I did not see that. So.
1: I also love that Joel Embiid won Rookie of the Year in his third season in the NBA.
0: <laughs> be, that's a thing we could touch on, because I feel like we haven't, we haven't gone back to that since the last time we talked about it, where I feel like, to me, it's just like, the more I've thought about it, I just feel like that's the only way they should do it. Like, if they were to do it any other way, I would disagree with it. You know what I mean? Like, if they were to treat...
1: Make them ineligible for Rookie of the Year.
0: Yeah. Because, like, what... Like, if you've never played... If you've never stepped onto an NBA court at all, how are you not an NBA rookie? Like, how how is that not your rookie season or your debut into the NBA? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I just think, like... The Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell one was close, correct? Like yeah, take they're both truly in this draft class. It was close, right?
0: Well, say, sorry, say that again. Like they were. Both. Let's
1: say that there was no weird thing that he was gone last year.
0: Oh, they were it both was, in the. Let's oh, just yeah. say
1: hypothetically they were in the same draft class, and it was cl- like with how the season played out, it was close.
0: Yeah, I would say so because Ben Sim- voters, Simmons was the second best player on his team versus Mitchell, who was the best,
1: but. I just think that voters should be adults and like understand the value that sitting and learning and like practicing and doing things it does.
0: Yeah, but I guess is that like a should that? I guess in your your mind, it should come into effect. It's just an out, outside vi- variable. I feel like I would agree with you though. Like if it was a tie, like that, I would use that as a tiebreaker for sure. Because um, well,
1: like if it's head and shoulders not close, that's different. Yeah. Like, like maybe this we're year gonna with, do it this year with Chet and Wemby.
0: I think i I've switched over to Wemby. Honestly,
1: I'm on Wemby too. I think. Oh, Just because like Chet is more valuable to the like Thunder in terms of like the Thunder are a how do I I'm trying to think of the right way that I'd say it. Okay. Chet is, like, has crazy numbers, but because everything is so funneled into him. Yeah. That like, I feel like Chet would look, I mean, Wemby would look more just like a disgusting terror menace to like society thing, if he was on that Thunder team.
0: Things around him are in control, and they're, like, handled. They're, they're like, it's a stable environment that he's in. You know and know then
1: I mean? they're using him to the, bet like, it's not, Instead it of, feels like it's the opposite. They feel like they're in opposite situations. When they are. The Thunder very are doing opposite. everything in their power to make sure that Chet is in the correct situation, is succeeding, and he's repaying them by doing what they need him to do very well.
0: Filling up that role, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Filling in the role. Wemby is in a situation where, Wemby, you could say, we need you to do absolutely everything. anything. Pick a thing. You can pick Wemby. Yeah. You want to be our point guard? You could probably do it. Yeah, instead, they're like, else. nope we're going to waste your entire rookie year on just kind of s- feeling out the rest of the roster. That's already kind of established NBA guys.
0: Yeah. Like somewhat. Yeah.
1: Let's do, let's just keep on doing this experiment with Sohan. Let's see what he can do. And let's just not do anything that makes sense. Basketball wise. <laughs> yeah. This year has j- legitimately changed how I feel about Greg Popovich. I'm like, Greg, cause you
0: don't, you just, a, a, you think that that's not ethical or something? Is that why?
1: It's or, not, it's not ethical. It just, like, is so, ro- like, I get if you're trying to be bad, you're doing a, a bang up job. If you're trying yeah. to be really bad at basketball, but, like, it's not even teaching Wemby, like, good basketball. Not that he needs yeah. to learn it. He's, like, a professional. And I, I, I get
0: what you're saying. I do see the, the point. I don't know if I fully like agree that it's, like, a crime I against humanity, that, but.
1: <laughs> I just, Yeah. So, no, I think I lean Wemby because Chet's team will be way better and Chet will have – their numbers might look similar, but that's because they're just doing different things. I don't know. And, um, I mean, I won't be- Wemby
0: will de- it definitely has the better numbers, but, like, Chet is more like he's in a winning situation, which a lot of times people add that to their case as a good thing, as a positive, and he is more efficient, obviously, because he's I- – I
1: think, yeah, I think I'll lean Wemby, but I won't, like – if it's close, I won't be mad either way, but it should be Wemby, I believe.
0: Wemby's also only playing 28 and a half minutes a game.
1: Because Greg is a psycho. Well, I didn't I know what the number fine. was.
0: But, I mean, it's true. I mean him- don't, don't like try to run him into the ground, obviously.
1: I don't. He's, I just he's 7 like for 4.
0: I would be, I would be pretty true. careful with, I mean, he's a very valuable Like, it's a a fragile frame. So, yeah, you said that we were both leading Wemby for for Rookie of the Year. I'm feeling that way as well.
1: Well, no, because it's tough with the Wemby and Chet thing. Because, like, Chet's my boy. And in terms of who is, like, impacting not their team more, but, like, it's hard because Wemby literally is his entire team. But, like, Chet has hasn't won more games. Chet being gone would hurt the Thunder's, like, legitimate real title chances way more. Because they have real chances. That's the way to put... Okay, so the Thunder have a 1 in, 1 in 50 chance to win the title. Let's just say that as a random number. The Spurs have a 0% chance to win the title. Mm-hmm. So Chet being gone hurts the low chances of the Thunder, as opposed to Wemby being gone, does not affect impossibility because it's already an impossibility yeah like Chet's like lost numbers and he's just on a better team and he provides something that could equal a a run at a title and Wemby could drop 70 points a game and I think they would still only win 30 games (laughs) like that's how bad it feels that everyone around him is
0: like from here on out you mean or like like if you were to restart the season
1: Restart the season, Wemby drops, averages, 69 points a game. I still think that the Spurs only win like 30 because of how bad they are. Mm-hmm. But if Chet were to score 69 points a game, the Thunder, are the, they would beat every combination of GOAT comp team you want to build. If Chet's getting 69 points a game, throw them against prime anybody and they're just winning. I don't yeah. know. That's a weird hypothetical. I just... Yeah.
0: I mean, you're basically just describing that Chet is on a better team, though, really, at the end of the day. Yes.
1: Right? Yeah, so. that's, that's it. He's more important to a better team. He's not more important. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm struggling with.
0: Yeah, he's not more important. He's important
1: to a better team. He's just important to a better team as opposed yeah. to more important on a afterthought of existence. Yeah, No one would watch the Spurs play basketball outside of diehard Spurs people if Wemby wasn't there. I agree. And people would still watch... The Thunder, if Chet wasn't playing,
0: oh, yeah, it would still be a fun team. There, I mean, they would need need a big obviously to play some minutes, but yeah, yeah. so I guess still no news on whether or not they did that, whether or not the Thunder acquired that for them. I've not
1: seen anything, I feel like we would have seen it, yeah, it would
0: have came out, yeah. So, I guess where to wrap things up from here. Without Embiid, obviously the MVP discussion I feel like is going to be much less of a discussion. But I've seen people still who are really off of you. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot more Jokic hate this year than ever before. But that's probably just because he won the title. And
1: Well, I think it's also because he technically, it feels like he's having a worse year than last year. Because of how insane last year was. Yeah. For
0: him. Maybe. Even if he's
1: bit. like really not. Like he is a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's not quite as efficient, but I mean,
1: no, I'm not saying it's still not insane. And he's still the MVP because he is. Yeah, but like every single time the Nuggets would have anything anywhere, it'd be like, look at how insanely efficient Jokic is this year, and that just isn't as prevalent this year. And it it is probably because he won a title, and it is probably because of what Joel Embiid was doing when he pl- was able to play. So yeah,
0: yeah, I think it was probably because. It was mostly like Jokic. He started off the season a lot more slow and a lot more like had a he had a lot of games where he wasn't super efficient and shot a lot. And Embiid was like dominating early on. And then Jokic had this because I mean like we shouldn't leave out that for a, a solid like I don't know a couple weeks stretch there not too long ago like in this calendar year of 2024, uh, Jokic was the front runner for MVP. Like he kind of he took the reins on it a little bit. Like this season, like while yep. Embiid was still playing, but I mean, it was ma- it was mostly because Embiid was missing a few, you know, a lot more games than Jokic. Games Jokic here and there,
1: was... nursing what ended up appears to be the knee that was a problem.
0: Yeah, and Jokic it was like
1: early mid January, right? If I'm remembering right,
0: and the end of December, I know that. And it's when sure.
1: Jokic had like he was, was like, it, like four three games in a, row. in a row. What it was like three or four triple doubles in a row, but it was like all like twenty fifth.
0: It was the uh. He went through a stretch where in, he broke a record. It was like four or five games in a row. He shot, it was like 83% from the field in, in the, like a five-game okay. stretch. On like, at le- it was like It had to be at least like 10 attempts per game.
1: Attempts a game.
0: Something like that, yeah. And the previous record was Wilt Chamberlain. So another not-sends-a-wilt moment. Also, another thing, which I think is just kind of crazy, he's the first player ever, not even just like centers, just first player ever to have seven seasons in a row of at least ten triple doubles, like just like a double-digit triple-double season. He's the only person to ever get seven in a row of those, which I was that surprised by. Super
1: shocked me because like how triple doubles were like not like a super normal thing yeah. until like two thousand and ten.
0: Well, they were and before. I would were. say they were before like the eighties. And then
1: they were more common, and then they yeah, went away because I mean, that's when
0: Oscar Robertson and like all, like a lot of those older records w- of triple doubles were because were the, they, th- that the game was more similar to modern NBA back then than it was in the 80s, 90s, mostly 90s, 90s and 2000s. Like that, that era of basketball is the outlier of like the slog defense, like scoring like 85 points in a game, like as a team, to a game. yeah, yeah. Um. And like not a lot of possessions. Like the possession. I'm not sure if we've even bro- broken the record yet of the the most possessions in a season. Like possessions per game on average, because back in the 60s was it. the peak. Um. So no,
1: because uh, that's crazy. Where Wilt had like 60, 20, and some like 60 and 20 is what he averaged or something like that. Yeah, F- uh, 50. Yeah,
0: 50 and 25. I think.
1: Uh, if you like slow the pace down. It's like a 33 point season.
0: Also he he averaged 48 and a half minutes a game that season. Because,
1: because he, he played, played every, every minute single minute overtimes. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Um which I don't even know if did he I may mean, he might have even averaged more than that because I think people were saying that this was the first year first time ever that Somebody was, uh, like, nobody's ever on a full season averaged more points than minutes. And Embiid was this year. Mm. Um, so let me look at that really quick. In 19- and it might have
1: not been 50. He might have been just shy of 50 and I rounded up.
0: No, it was 50.4. Yeah, so he was definitely scoring more points than minutes. I think it, it, it was since then. That was the last time that happened, I think, was what it was. Because in 48 and a half minutes a game, he averaged 50.4 points. And Embiid this year was averaging like 36 points per game on like 33 minutes.
1: His career high against the Cavs was only 24.
0: That, that's Wilt? Is that yeah, what you're saying? that was just a random
1: oh, anecdote uh,
0: The cl- The Cavs probably were a team for a very short period of time, most likely, while he was in the league. Like they are probably oh. new towards the end of his career, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, because everyone else caught like 60 pieces.
0: How did you just see... Is that like something that you're looking at? I just found a graphic. <laughs> just against the Cavs specifically? The uh, Jokic has now had a triple-double against every single team in the NBA other than the Wizards. It's the only team he hasn't had a triple-double against yet.
1: That's kind of wild. Yeah. And the Nuggets.
0: Oh yeah, that, that too.
1: No, that's like, that's like a thing. Until Brady beat uh, the Patriots in... 2021. 20, whenever they when he went to Tampa, then won the Super Bowl, then played the Patriots the next year. Um, they're like, if he loses this game, that throws away like all of the blackout bingo cards ever. Because he beat everybody like multiple uh, times. I don't think anybody has a. The only team that might have a winning record against Tom Brady is the Giants.
0: Mm, yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's kind of like Kawhi. Honestly, everywhere he's been, he's yeah. always like because he, he has the third highest winning percentage of any player in NBA history why leonard really yeah it's like 74 percent almost win percentage on his career um, which is the only two players he's behind is larry bird and magic johnson <laughs> i think tim duncan is right after him at number four so in a pretty elite class george and yang by the way is the best of the modern era but like outside of Kawhi, or like a, a since it's a since a certain year, it's since like he's entered oh. the league. Yeah, since George Niang has entered the league, no one has won more games than George Niang. Hmm.
1: <laughs> Which is weird.
0: It's just funny.
1: Like it's not. You'd think that like
0: he's just always been on good teams.
1: i a, know, a, a, uh, but you think like a buck, like a random obscure buck would have. Yeah,
0: that's true. But it would be like Faunus. Thanasis,
1: Thanasis, not Yan. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Thanasis. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, he though, but like the Bucks, they didn't start becoming what they are until like twenty eighteen ish, twenty seventeen, because you know, because George Yang's only been yeah, in the league, or he's been in the league a couple more years than that, you know. And the Jazz were
1: fifteen.
0: I'm not sure exactly 16? when he was. I my mind wants to say his rookie year was seventeen. But I don't know why it wow, it was. Sometimes I just don't know why my brain knows numbers that I'm like, I have no business knowing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like My Bank Password
1: sh- is the entire fifty three man roster of the two thousand seven New England Patriots. It's oh. all of the guys' numbers in a row.
0: Yeah. Um the- Just
1: kidding. It's not the it's not the Entire fifty three man. It's just a starting offense or defense. I'm not going to throw my bank stuff out there.
0: <laughs> the other episode when we did the jersey trivia, jersey number trivia, mm-hmm. I didn't react to it at the time, but and, and because like you said, the final boss of, of that one was Jared Vanderbilt. You like you gave me Jemias freaking Ramsey as a as a <laughs> player in that game, and I knew what his jersey number was. Like that's
1: that was kind of wild.
0: I I don't know. I was just like. 3? Like I was like I have no idea but I just feel like it was 3. Jamias Rand. I
1: think that he is a more like acknowledged person in my brain cuz of his Texas Tech. I've five. never
0: heard anyone say his name before. That's how little really? he, Yeah. Like when you said his name I'm, I was like I knew like,
1: him from Texas Tech. Sorry, what? I knew him from Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, and also in the game you said he was from te- uh Texas A&M. Like that was when we did the college Thing. Oh shoot! Like you made yeah. me—you had me guessing Texas and You said they were uh, you're they were Big Twelve. I—I I thought they were a Big Twelve school, but they're SEC now, and uh, they're maroon. they, they were yeah. the same colors as Mississippi State, because I—that was my first guess was Mississippi State. But because I was going to put all of those players up on a graphic, like with their college jerseys, every time I, you yeah. know. But then I was like, oh, he's went to Texas Tech, not not Texas A&M.
1: I should do a better job of looking up stuff.
0: No, it's all good. I usually just... We just jump into it. You know, we don't really plan on it. But... Uh, also, the yeah. Larry
1: Nance thing? Can't find the jersey convinced it ever happened? That thing? Was it Larry Nance?
0: No, that was Vando. No,
1: that was Vanderbilt. Number six. It's on basketball reference, but it's nowhere else.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. I've never seen... I can't find a single picture of him wearing number six on the Nuggets. Which is just... I don't even know how many games it was. I uh, I think I saw, but it was very few. Because what year was that? That would have been twenty twenty twenty. So the twenty twenty season, uh, or no? Yeah, it would have been the twenty twenty season. But he only played nine games. But the thing is, he only he only played two games wearing jersey number three. But I was able to find a picture of that. Hmm. But yeah, <laughs> so that that one was tough. I I couldn't find. That one. But yeah, Jamias Ramsey though. He was like, I just knew his number because of 2K, I'm pretty sure. Because I don't know how else I, I've never seen him play a game before, I don't think. He played like seven minutes a game in like 32 total games. And he hasn't been in the league for like over two years. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so I think this will be a spot we can wrap up for today. Please check out all the stuff and uh do that yeah so at patreon.com slash hoop theory as well as buymeacoffee.com slash hoop theory check out all the shorts uh the jersey the jersey uh giveaway thing go comment on that tiktok which will be posted very soon before this episode comes out for sure so uh be sure to do that and thank you for listening we love you we appreciate you as always stay happy stay healthy and we'll talk to you guys next episode peace